You're listening to AV Marketing, a podcast that curates stories and perspectives from business pros who use audio and video in their marketing strategy. I'm your host, John Tyerman. Welcome to AV Marketing. I'm your host, John Tyerman, and we've got a great episode for you today. Today, we're going to talk about podcast editing workflows, something that's on the top of mind of anyone who's thinking about launching a podcast. Uh, you know, once you have your show concept and premise, a profile of your target listeners, you got all of the inner workings of what your show is about. Next, you have to think about podcast operations, and a big part of that is your podcast editing workflow. So today, we're going to go behind the scenes of different podcasts to see how they approach that workflow component. You know, what does that look like? What is the process? But first, I'd like to share a podcast editing workflow that I used when I launched the Digital Marketing Troupe. My role at the time was marketing director for the agency. So I was focused on building the brand, uh, building up demand, uh, generating leads. Those were some of my primary responsibilities. And the podcast concept that we launched was to interview internal subject matter experts to humanize the brand, to build their personal profiles, um, and to showcase their expertise. So uh, we would record 20 to 30-minute Zoom conversations. Um, I would download the audio, do a light edit, and schedule those episodes to publish in Libsyn, uh, which is short for Liberated Syndication. It's a... uh, audio, it's a podcast hosting platform, um, and that's what distributes the content to all the platforms where you listen to podcasts. And so we, I would do that, then we would create video clips to share on social media, and then engage with users mostly on LinkedIn. And this was a weekly show, so that meant that there was all sorts of activity going on each week. Um, I mean, I was a one-man band, so it, it took me about five to seven hours each week that I would spend on the show, uh, which is fairly significant, but you know, it wasn't taking up all my time, um, and it was a weekly show, so it gave us content every single week. And one of the recurring guests that I had on the show was Jeff Kerbis, who um, at the time, he was a, d- a director of SEO at Silverback Strategies, and today, he's a director of SEO at Assembly Global, which is a digital ad, ad agency out of New York. Jeff, again, he joined me multiple times as a guest. We talked about SEO. We talked about all sorts of things. I think there was one episode we even called SEO Conspiracy Theories, which was fairly entertaining. But today, Jeff hosts an entertainment-focused podcast called TV Pilots License, where He and his friends talk about pilot episodes from famous and not-so-famous TV series. Um, They bring in Hollywood writers and producers as guests. And uh, Jeff also records a custom intro to each episode. Um, You should check it out. It's really cool. TV Pilots License. Uh, Check it out on Spotify. They also have the show on YouTube. Um, But Jeff is involved with the back end of the podcast and the post-production, too. And so he offers a unique perspective on what it's like to manage that editing process and that that podcast editing workflow. Um, So I asked him to give us a behind-the-scenes look, and uh, here's what he said. Our full workflow is a little bit unique in the sense that we have an 
additional element involved. Normally that being a piece of media that's anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour and a half was our longest episode or piece of content that we did an episode on. Um, so one, we have to watch that. Uh, two, uh, my co-host Max does amazing research on how these shows are made, the people behind these shows and their history. Um, so he's not only doing research on that, but I'm also doing research on additional fun facts, things that happened with the legacy of the show. It's a little bit easier than Max's job, in all honesty, uh, but it still requires extra time. Uh, then after we record, uh, we I will go ahead and start very simply with just a putting all of the sound files together so that they are synced and just doing a first run through coughs, hmms, awkward pauses, all that sort of stuff gets cut down. Takes about an hour and a half to an hour and 45. But then I will go through again and I like to listen to it at 1.5 speed. Um, the reason why is because that is actually what a lot of podcasts are listened to as far as a normal rate. Um, and at that 1.5 speed, I'm trying to hear, are there, does it make sense? Does it sound too quick? Do I need to add in pauses or does it sound natural from there? After that cut usually takes about an hour to an hour 15. Um, I'm also editing the video. Uh, to make sure graphics, interstitials. We do have a YouTube channel. It is not by any means the most popular, um, but it is nice because I have gotten messages from some of our fans being like, we love seeing the faces. You guys definitely bring an additional sense of comedy when we get to watch the video. Um, And that's the awesome part about also having that YouTube channel that for anyone who is listening, if you're debating, do I have a YouTube? Do I film? Um, yes, because that allows for clips for social media, you know, worst case scenario, you have some extra video content that you can one day publish or use. Um, and then best case scenario, Hey, you go viral on TikTok or Instagram or whatever you want to call the company that Elon Musk owns. Um, it is definite and even LinkedIn, especially for those doing a B2B, I've been seeing more and more video content on LinkedIn do better and better because it's very easy to consume. Uh, You're not requiring someone to imagine the face that they're speaking to or listening to in this instance as well. And what platform do you use to edit the audio and video? I would say it is a suite of different products. Um, I've been starting to use Adobe for podcasts or podcasts on Adobe. I don't know the exact terminology of it. Um, They do have this amazing AI podcasting tool. Uh, that allows you to take out or at least improve the quality of audio. Not every guest has a fancy $150 mic. Uh, Some guests are using the bane of my existence, which are AirPods. Um, And that is that makes audio difficult. But hey, we have to clean it so it's usable. I started off with iMovie. Um, I think iMovie does have its place. iMovie's um, background sound remover is literally one of the best ever. Uh, And then as far as recording, in all honesty, if you are just trying to limit to Zoom, which we did when we first started, uh, before we actually started using Riverside to get our audio because it does have a higher clip, it does have better quality video as well. um, We used Audacity and then Zoom does have professional 
audio settings that are super easy to find and adjust. Uh, and then my number one recommendation, if you are going to use Zoom and you want to have backup audio, make sure you're recording separate audio files for every single person so that you can cut out the hmms and the uhs and make sure you're cutting out the coughing sounds if someone forgot to press their mute button. If you're just depending on one tool, um, then you're taking a chance on having to deal with the weaknesses of those tools as a whole. So Jeff obviously has a YouTube show component that goes with his show. So there's a little extra layer uh, in his workflow. But I thought that he brought up a couple really good points for anyone who's considering launching a podcast. Uh, That first pass that he's doing takes about 90 minutes for him. But then what I thought was really interesting is he injects a second uh, pass at the audio where he listens to it at one and a half times speed. Um, Does it sound too quick? Does he need to add in pauses and that extra editing pass takes him about another hour. Um, Jeff contends that video editing adds time, but it's totally worth it. You know, like he said, worst case scenario, you've got video content that you can draw upon later. Um, And then he relies on many different tools for different things. And this has been my experience too, as I'm getting deeper and deeper into podcasting is I'm using different tools like Descript and Riverside Um, and Headliner, and different tools like that. I've used iMovie. I've used GarageBand. Um, So I'm using a a suite of different tools just in the the editing workflow. Um, So yeah, so Jeff brings up a couple of really good points. Okay, so next up, we've got Kelly Waffle. And Kelly and I hosted the Visible Expert podcast in 2019. It was actually the first podcast that I had launched. and I'll, I'll just give you kind of an overview of that podcast editing workflow. And then we can dive into uh, some of Kelly's comments. But um, yeah, so the first thing is first is he and I focused a lot on researching each one of our guests. The premise of our show was to, to highlight uh, prominent figures in the professional services industries and how they became well-known Um, So research was a big part in that in our preparation. And then Kelly and I would record actually in a room together. There was a studio at Hinge, the agency we worked at, where we would go in. We had a blue Yeti mic and we would switch it to the setting to where um, it was 360 degrees. It would pick up audio 360 degrees. And so he and I would sit down at a table. We would kind of have the earbuds where (laughs) we'd actually split them um, where we had a headphone splitter where we would be able to plug in our headphones to. And so we'd be able to hear the guest while we recorded on GoToMeeting. And then after the interview, Kelly and I would record a two to three minute intro segment about one thing we took away from the interview, uh, teasing some of the key points. From there, I would download the audio, put it into GarageBand, And uh, funny enough, I actually come from a music background. So the intro music we used for the show was from a band I played drums in when I was a teenager. Um, But it was fun. I got to edit the audio. Uh, I took out all the ums, the pauses, the outtakes, things like that. Um, It was a good foray into um, podcasting for me. But I digress. 
Um, today, Kelly is the Director of Innovation and Growth at CPA Crossings. And I caught up with Kelly recently for this podcast chat. And he and I talked about our time together doing the Visible Expert podcast. And I thought I'd share a clip from that conversation that's relevant to our podcast editing workflow. So here's part of my conversation with Kelly. So what was, um, what was one of the biggest lessons that you learned? Something maybe that you didn't anticipate going into doing that podcast? And then kind of looking back on it, that was kind of one of the, your biggest aha moments. I don't know if it's an aha moment, but it was like um, certainly uh, a moment where I was making some rumblings under my breath was um, once you had left and I was continuing the podcast on my own, I did not realize the amount of post-production work that was required. So um, up until that point, you had done a fantastic job of taking care of all of that and you know, I would do a lot of the research up front and come in there with the energy. And I love doing the interviews. I, I love learning from people. I loved, uh, you know, playing off of you and all that stuff. But I didn't realize the amount of work on the back end uh, that was required. And so, uh, you know, once that all fell on me, um, that was a, that was a big aha moment for me. So yeah, there there is quite a bit of post production work. Um, that needs to happen, and you know there there are tools today that are that make that a little bit easier. But what I've found is, you know, there's tools like Riverside or like Descript where you could actually upload an audio file, and there's like a transcript that comes with it, and you can edit the podcast based on the transcript. So if you like delete a word, it deletes that clip. Um, now. What that does, though, is it makes the audio choppy and the video choppy. So if you were looking for a quality product, then you're probably going to need to download the audio and, and edit it in a platform like Audacity or um, GarageBand or Pro Tools or something like that. I definitely think podcasts are worth it, especially if you can come up with some key differentiators and, and you can make yourself stand out and, and you are providing benefits and uh, value to your your audience but you know also know you know how to best use your skills what your limitations are you know if you're going to go into this you know there's a lot of planning that has to happen so you know we joke about uh, the re research and preparation for a podcast if you're going to do a good podcast to make it come across smoothly there's a lot of preparation that has to happen in front of that and then you know, maybe, you know, you hire somebody, whether it's a contractor or an agency or somebody else to help you on the back end uh, and spend more of your time actually doing the interviews. I always enjoy chatting with Kelly. He and I had a good time when we did the Visible Expert podcast. Um, this, the show is still available on Apple and Spotify. So if you feel so inclined, go and give it a listen. You'll hear the early days of, um, of my podcast endeavors. So, uh, yeah, Kelly brings up a couple good points. There's a lot of time that goes into that post-production process. Um, but he also brings up a good point is if you're doing a podcast internally, um, you know, you're going to want to make the best use of your time. So focusing that time and energy on making the content great is a good use of your time. And then you can outsource production to 
um, a freelancer or an agency uh, like Red Cedar Marketing. That's exactly what we do. We offer podcast strategy, production, and marketing services for B2B and professional services companies. So if you're thinking about launching a business podcast, uh, visit redcedarmarketing.com. Okay, moving on. Uh, Part of doing a podcast is making it a priority. Otherwise, it won't get done. So our next guest is Janice Mandel. Janice helps small businesses and personal brands learn how to use public relations to build visibility for their business and career. She listened to Kelly and I's podcast a few years ago, and uh, we became connected on LinkedIn. And today, Janice is the host of the Path to Visibility podcast. So I had a conversation with Janice recently, and I asked her about her process and workflow behind the scenes for her podcast. Here's what she had to say. I guess with the with the workflow, the main thing I did and always do is I, um, well, first of all, I made my podcast a priority. So the podcast is my vehicle for building awareness about myself. It is not a nice to have, it is a have to have. Um, and then I made, uh, I, ha- I made a, a critical path. So that's just something I always do. Um, and I, you know, come from the PR, a PR background. Events are a big part of PR. Critical paths are really important for events because events are just a bunch of details and you need to make sure that, you know, they all run efficiently and that, that you know, in the right sequence. So I did a list of all the tasks that, so first I did a little bit of research because I was new to podcasting. What is a podcast all about? How do I learn about it? I only did free things because I had already bought a couple courses and I didn't want to buy another one. Um, so I had like sort of a superficial understanding. Uh, I put together a task list based on that. So, and then that was my critical path. And then I, you know, I just kind of guessed on the amount of time and the dates and stuff. Um, but like, for me, it's basically, um, you know, there's an idea, well, I guess one other thing, just to step back, I had two critical paths. I had the critical path to launch and I had the critical path to run the, the episodes because they're really two different things. So. Right. So the launch included coming up with a content calendar and populating the content calendar for three months. That's very important in my opinion, because I did, I I hadn't, didn't have much of an issue until I ran it, got to the end of that three months and I hadn't planned another three. And then all of a sudden it felt like a real scramble. So I put it on a pause when I got to that point where I wasn't anymore, you know, working, using my workflow. But initially I did the launch calendar. And then when I was running the episodes, it was just a separate workflow that involved, let's say, looking at what the idea was, doing the outline or the script for the idea, um, and then um, recording the episode if there was a guest and included contacting the guest, um, and then getting the edit- the episode edited. I use an editor for that because I'm not good at that. And then uh, once that was done, proofing it, publishing it, um, and doing the um, show notes and then promoting the episode using social media was kind of like my high level workflow with a few more details thrown in. So Janice made her podcast a priority and she realized that launching and running episodes are two different things, an important distinction. Um, She also talked about how allocating two days each, she also talked about how she allocated two days a week each to her podcast, which just shows you the time commitment you need. Um, It's not a full-time gig, but it does require uh, some investment of time. 
All right. Well, that's it for today's episode of AV Marketing. Um, If you're listening to this, please shoot me a DM on LinkedIn. Tell me what you think about the show. Uh, Go to Apple Podcasts, search for AV Marketing. Scroll down, give us a rating and a review that really helps us reach a wider audience. And we'll talk to you next time.